having a little Mrs. Doubtfire-ish morning. Hello, everyone. Welcome, <laughs> well, <laughs> welcome to Seducing Aliveness. Wow. I am Jen, Jen Halterman, and that wow is from Tamara Yonker. <laughs> You said Mrs. Doubtfire, and I was like, it was like all of a sudden I, I mean, how old is that movie? I can't remember, but it was like going back in time and going, oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, there's something I haven't thought about for a very long time. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. I am loving this week. I love last week when we were hacking all the operating system of the drama triangle or the three faces of victim, whatever you want to call it. And I am loving continuing on and going through the breakup process. And um, I had somebody send me a message and it was really quite cute about how I seem to have a lot of ease with breaking up, that maybe it's a gypsy in me that isn't afraid with, to break up. And I, I admit I had a good laugh about that one. Because I think you're right. I think that there is a lack of attachment. And so what is usually a very dramatized breakup type scenario, I don't, I, I don't put the significance on it. And, um, yeah, so I do have a little bit of ease. And if that brings up judgment for you, awesome. What else is underneath that if you look at it? Because I guarantee it's not about me. Just saying. <laughs> mm. That's what well, we do here. And I think we talked about that a little bit where um, if you don't make things super significant and get really attached, there is a prevailing point of view that that means you don't care. Uh-huh. Uh, so you might want to take a look at that. Like, have you bought into that point of view that you have to demonstrate you care by uh, like severe attachment and um I mean, I've been accused of that. I can't even tell you how many times. Like, I've lost count of how many times I've been accused because, or or been labeled as aloof, aloof, cold, and uncaring, because I simply don't um, make things as significant as perhaps other people do. And actually, this is my experience, and whether people want to believe this or not is totally up to them. Actually, what I recognize is without all that significance and what all without all of that deep attachment and all of that stuff it allows me to care more. The, yep. the caring that I have is what I would describe as untainted. It's, it's a, there's a degree of caring that is um, full of allowance. And, and I know allowance is something that is mostly in, their, in the head for most people. Most people have no idea what allowance really is because they're trying to understand it. We're going to do a show about mm-hmm. breaking up with understanding, aren't we? <laughs> um, yes, they're trying we are. to understand <laughs> what allowance is rather than be the energy of it. And being the energy of it is when we talked yesterday about um, being in that space where nothing is relevant and, uh, you know, the, that space of non judgment where there are no victims, there's no right, there's no wrong. Like all of the things, all of the operating systems and orientations and everything that we've been talking about. The, Rumi, that poem, right? Um, out beyond uh-huh. the r- right doing and wrong doing, there's a field. I'll meet you there. I, I don't remember the exact quote, but that's that's true for me. Like that's not just a cool little poem. That's isn't that neat? Uh, no, that's actually true for me. There is a space beyond all of that where I live, and I have also uh-huh. been accused numerous times of being full of shit because people can't fathom that with their minds. They can't 
it's something that is inconceivable to them. So they, they, they therefore just conclude it's not possible. And they just like, oh, you're just fooling yourself. You've tricked yourself into believing yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to argue with you about it. Like, I don't, it's not my job to convince you of, of my experience and how I'm living. Um, <laughs> but there really is a space where uh, I can, exp- I can, it's kind of funny. Like the caring that I had as a child that got distorted, um, but it, it is, it is, uh, again, I'm going to say inconceivable, inconceivable to the mind because mm-hmm. it's not conditioned or dependent upon anything. It has no, right. uh, because so many things are, are defined, right? Like we say, oh, well, this is how you know when you're being caring because it looks like this. Mm-hmm. I actually now recognize that anything you define is now contained within the construct of judgment. So when I was little, I, I don't have specific memories, but I can recall an energy of caring that was undefined that didn't have, oh, it looks like this. It was just a vast energy. And, and now, like, so then that got all distorted, yada, yada, stories, blah, 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 decades go by. And now, having broken up with judgment and living in that space, I'm like, oh, this. This is what I knew as a child before it got all distorted with everybody telling me what caring was supposed to look like. And how do you know when someone cares? Because they do this and they don't do that and all those kinds of things. And, I, and I'm just using caring as an example, but you could say love. You could say, you could, right. you know, anything that's got, uh, that's got some sort of definition, as, as soon as you start defining it, you're pretty much in, you're, you're now uh, in the construct of judgment. And yep. I know this is, <laughs> this is difficult sometimes for people to grasp because you're trying to think through it. You're trying to understand it through the mind and none of this is accessible through the mind. Uh, I, I was... I started playing with energy 18 years ago and in my journey through playing with energy and actually making that what's more real to me than anything else. Hmm. It's precipitated from that realm of energy. Hold on. What you just said, you need to repeat because you cut out. Oh, okay. I, I began to recognize the more I played with energy that everything in the realm of the physical, the realm of experience, what we've sort of playfully been calling adventure land is actually precipitated from the realm of energy. And like, for me, that's what's true. And I'm not, I mean, I'm, I never say anybody has to buy my story or believe what I say or whatever, you know, find your own direct experience by experimentation, which is what I have done. And so now knowing that that realm of energy to me is what's more real and everything is, uh, everything else is sort of a byproduct of it. I just go straight to the energy piece and I look at the energy of something because as soon as I'm trying to understand it with my mind and define it through definition, it looks like this and it's not that I'm no longer, I'm now playing in um, the realm of ideas and thought, which is not the source it's not the energetic source of things. And I'm probably going way off on a tangent here this morning. <laughs> um, I don't really know how I got off on that tangent. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but th- this, uh, is, all right. this is 
this is what's real for me. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter what everyone, you know, other people's points of view, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's, that's what I mean by it's not relevant. It's not relevant Mm -hmm. when you're living that liberated space of inner authority and trust in you, everybody else's choices and what everybody else is doing and what everybody else is defining and what everybody else is judging and all of that stuff is no longer relevant. And that's the space we're talking about beyond the field of right doing and wrong doing and judgment, you know, beyond that. Right. Well, and this is really an interesting way. Brilliant accidental segue. (laughs) Oh, cool. Is, Yeah, you're talking about the energy of, you're talking about, you know, what you experience and how you're not attached to anybody's agreement or what they think of that. And really what often happens is the villain comes into play, the conclusion of villain comes into play when somebody doesn't validate us. When somebody doesn't agree with our thing and they don't agree or they go further into villain and they actually inflict their truth on you. And this is what's so interesting. How many times have you taken somebody not validating you or agreeing with you or um, giving you proof that they understand you as them being unkind or them being a villain of some kind? And let me give you a very simple example, but Sherry and I had a bridal brunch before our wedding. And Sherry and I have a lot of really interesting stories. In, if you follow the, the storyline of our relationship, friendship, you know, going apart, coming back together, all that happened, there are some pretty amazing and what could be considered magical, mysterious things that took place that are, we don't have any explanation. All we know is it's what we experienced. And so at the bridal brunch, somebody asked us to share one of our stories, and so we did. Now, now supposedly, like, we're sitting there at this table with people who supposedly want to be there. And, <laughs> you know, you would think if you're going to come to a bridal shower of some kind, you're probably, you know, kind of a fan. And so we're sitting there with people that we see on a every week or two basis. So, you know, you would think this is a friendly crowd. We start telling a story. And we tell one of our stories. And it was so amazing because one of the women, her body posture, her body language, all of that, really showed she did not, she was like head pulled back, everything. And one of the other guests, she kind of loves this, like this kind of gets her off. She turns, she says, what do you think of that? Like she loves to kind of poke the bear. And this guest says, I don't believe it. I don't buy it. I don't think it's true. (laughs) Okay, now right there. Just think about that moment. At that moment, how easy would it have been to say, how rude. I can't believe you said that at their shower. Like, that was so rude. She blatantly said, she she just didn't buy it. That moment could have turned into the drama triangle. That could have turned into, that was horrible, blah, blah, blah. And, And, you know, it could have played out. Now, for myself and Sherry, we're used to this <laughs> because we don't have that attachment. So we just both kind of laughed, and I just simply said, well, that's okay. You don't have to. It's not your story. And I went on about telling the story. 
there was no wrongness. She was still a friend. She was still there supporting our wedding. She just expressed her opinion that she didn't agree or buy into a story. That was it. That was all it was. That didn't make her a villain, except for people who would judge the lack of agreement as being a villain. Mm. And what we were talking about was energetic, and we were, and the audience, that particular individual, is very practical-minded. It is not going to jive in her world, and that's okay. Nobody's yeah. wrong. That's the allowance is can you be that space for, well, there's not an agreement there. There's not going along with there's, you know, it's okay. The story wasn't based on it's not more valid if she agrees. None of that. That's the allowance we're talking about. And and really in, in that example, that's being broken up with the villain because you don't require everybody to agree with you because there's not an assignment of, if you don't agree with me, you're now the villain. We're, we were disconnected from that. We didn't need that. There was no, no need for roles and assignments to be ready and available. That's the space of invitation that we are presenting here. If we break up with this yep. need for a villain, need for a bad guy, great. When somebody makes a choice, when somebody doesn't agree, when somebody does agree, Guess what? There's no assignment waiting for them to receive. Yeah. I I just think about that whole, um, you know, goodbye, goodbye, good, good guy, bad guy, good, 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 try and say that fast. (laughs) Good guy, bad guy. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. It's, it's almost like this polarity where uh, as soon as you hop on the triangle, there's got to be someone playing the role of each polarity. And this is like breaking up with the drama triangle is no, not requiring any of that polarity anymore. Like you were saying, you, you could have made her wrong and become the villain, you know, um, or uh, put her in the villain position and taken the victim. Like that, that could have gone both ways. Mm-hmm. Anytime somebody is, uh, you know, speaking up in that manner, you can play victim to their villain, or you can be the villain and, right. and turn them into the victim. It can go both ways. Mm-hmm. But the whole idea here is that you're jumping on the triangle. Like you, you don't have to, but you're jumping on and you're like, okay, here we go. Round one on the triangle. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and and that's what what you described so beautifully with that illustration is you don't have to do that. And I think this is what's so interesting is when this drama triangle has been sort of the cornerstone and foundation of how you function for so long, it doesn't even occur to you, which is why we're having these conversations, it doesn't even occur to you that you don't have to choose that. You don't have to jump on and be like, okay, here we go, round one. You don't have to do it. You can just be an allowance of her point of view. Mm-hmm. That's the space where her point, where you really recognize that her point of view has zero relevance to how you're living and what you're choosing. Other yes. people's points of view about you can have zero relevance about what you're doing, what you're choosing, how you're living. That is the space that a lot of people have difficulty recognizing is a possibility. 
If you have outsourced, if you have outsourced your inner authority, that will feel very difficult for you because you're still looking for somebody to validate you through alignment and agreement. If you have not outsourced your inner authority, then you'll just be like, oh, that's an interesting point of view she has. And on with your day you go. Because you have no dependence upon, you have no dependence upon others validating you and your choices and your lifestyle and, you know, your experiences and all of that. You're just like, it's not relevant. It's not relevant. This is the part where people will start getting into that like well that's it's it can be it can be labeled as cold and uncaring there's there's something really interesting that a lot of people aren't aware of i did a radio show on this i used to talk about this a lot is that most relationships are created based on judgment interestingly enough most relationships are created based on judgment And so if your relationships are based on judgment, then it's likely that you're going to hop on the drama triangle when something like this occurs because it's confronting to to your experience. You're like, wait, 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 wait. I thought everything was the same between us. I thought that's why we were friends. Because we had all this matchy mat, we saw the world in the same way. Or, you know, it's like we come up with these conclusions that they're just like us. And then when something occurs that is is disruptive of that belief that they're just like us, we're like, oh, oh no, does this mean we can't be friends anymore because we're different now? If your relationships are not based on judgment, then there can be all kinds of difference, different points of view, different lifestyles, different everything, and you can still be friends. Absolutely. And, And that is what is so trick. Like, excuse me, when we get into a dynamic where our judgments, our conclusions, our stories match each other, when when change happens, and change is inevitable, it doesn't matter if you change jobs, it doesn't matter if you change age, you know, life circumstances, the kids move out of the house, you get a divorce, whatever it is, if you are, if you establish friendship based on what is the same, then the moment it changes, it is now different. You're now different. And when we come to that conclusion, when we go to judgment, it is so quick. It is a quick shift. And quite often people end up under the label of villain in a relationship because they changed off of the projected expectations of their partner. They they quit fulfilling expectations, or they the you know the pedestal they were raised up on no longer fits for them, and they realize they're on a pedestal. Maybe they get down. Maybe they shatter the damn thing because they don't want to. They don't want to be on the pedestal, whatever it is. But so many times, what whoever it is that's given the assignment of villain, they got that assignment because they didn't fulfill our expectations and the judgments and conclusions we place mm. on them. And many Absolutely times good. they don't even know. They don't know they were even breaking a rule because it's all underlying. Like this is so insidious. This is so sneaky. It is not 
really something that people acknowledge. Like if you walked up somebody, hey, hi, I swiped whatever the hell it is on Tinder. I've decided that you are, you know, a match for me. And you are formulating a fantasy and you've got a mythology about what the relationship's going to be based on. And they keep being exactly who they are. They are already going against what you concluded. Yeah. And it's a setup. And I think people truly do not acknowledge, or, or a lot of people, I don't think they have any fucking idea that that's what they're doing. I truly don't think they know no. that that is they what don't. they're doing. They don't yeah. at all. And, and, and all the relationship coaching and classes and, that I've ever done, this is one of the things that I start with, is becoming aware of your expectations. As I've said before, expectations yeah. are poison. They'll kill the relationship. Fast or slow, it's going to kill a relationship. And I love this nuance that you've just brought to the conversation, which is your expectations. It's like, it's like just with um, you know, this woman at the wedding, if you had some expectation mm-hmm. with her, that would have probably been the ignition that would have had you jump on the triangle and made her you know, playing the villain or the victim in relationship with, in, relative to her. Like that's probably right. that that's right there. Every expectation you have is going to be the ignition that has you be like, okay, hopping on the triangle, round one, here we go. Because if they're not fulfilling your expectations, you're going to do one of two things. You're going to put them in the villain role and play victim to their villain, or you're going to take the mm-hmm. villain position and make them the victim. One or, one or the other of those things is going to happen as a result of expectations. Mm-hmm. And I have had many conversations with people that say it is totally possible to have a relationship free from expectation. I know because I live it and they're like, I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if you, if you can't, if you can't see your way past the drama triangle, then it is almost impossible to conceive of having a relationship without expectation. And as I've said before, a lot of people enter into relationship, any kind, as soon as that relationship has been defined, boom, I'm now entitled to expect things from you. Mm-hmm. That's, and, and I agree with you a hundred percent that most people have no idea that this is how they're functioning, which is why we're talking about it. So, yeah. so, you know, to, to go back to what you said right at the beginning of the show is breaking up with the villain is choosing not to make someone wrong for their choice. Mm-hmm. Breaking up with the villain is choosing not to make, because the villain makes people wrong all day long. Right. And, and this villain victim is a slippery slope. Like you can, you can be in a conversation with somebody and you that a hundred times in one conversation. You can be the victim in one moment, you can be the villain in the next moment, then back to victim, then villain, then victim, then villain. I've watched this all the time. Back, slide, 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 slide back and forth. But choosing mm-hmm. not to be, if you want to break up with being the villain, it's just like, okay, I'm not going to, like, there is nothing for me to gain by making you wrong. <laughs> is beginning to recognize there is no, I gain nothing by making you wrong. So I'm breaking up with choosing to make you wrong for any reason. And I remember mm-hmm. the first time that I said that to my partner, I said, look, I, I can't think of anything that you could ever do that I would make you wrong for. And he looked at me with the most 
dumbfounded stare. He was like, what? Mm-hmm. Because in his world, he'd been made wrong his whole life. Mm-hmm. And most especially by women. So the idea that I said that, I mean, I, he's just like, he's just like, I don't know. I think that's probably not true. He didn't say it out loud. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's almost like, well, we'll yeah. see about that. <laughs> right. And you know what's interesting is I went I'm, through that exact thing with Sherry. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and I would say word for word what you just said. I mm-hmm. gain nothing. It does nothing good yeah. for me. I don't get off on it. I don't feel better. Nothing by you being wrong. There is nothing in it that I'm going to gain by you being wrong. So I am not here to make you wrong. And it, on my end, it was just disbelief. And almost like, well, if that's the case, now what the fuck? Like, how do you do relationship if somebody's not always making somebody wrong? Like, it was so outside the realm of what relationship experience had been, just like what you were saying mm-hmm. with yours, is, hold on, I don't know how to experience this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It can be and very, it, very difficult. Yeah. Um, especially if they can't believe that that, the absence of wrongness is even a possibility. So even if I'm not making himself him wrong, he's going to make himself wrong first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because he's so used to just being wrong. It's like, oh, well, here, I'm wrong again. And I'm like, I'm not making you wrong. But he is. Um, mm-hmm. Here's the thing for me. This is what I, what I realized, is making others wrong creates separation. And every yep. time I did it, I didn't. I did it unconsciously. I did it by default for for decades, right? When I was younger in early relationships, and then as I re- began to recognize what judgment does, judgment creates separation. I was like, oh, that would be why it feels so crappy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when I judge and separate, and and separation is the is the um, result of that judgment. It feels awful to me. And I didn't know for all those years and decades that I was doing it, I was feeling, I was making myself feel awful by doing the judgment, which created the separation. All I've ever wanted in my life since I was a kid, like my main um, desire was connection, communion, to feel inclusion, uh, let others feel me, let, you know, have them, feel, let me feel them. And so here I am doing the exact opposite of that. I'm judging, which creates separation over and over and over and over and over and over and over for decades, not mm-hmm. realizing I was creating that experience of feeling awful because of the separation that I was so, you know, acutely aware of. So when this all, when I started to like get the hang of all of this and I was like, oh, I don't want to judge you because that creates separation. And then I feel like crap <laughs> and it sucks. <laughs> So that was a choice that I made. It was a choice that I made to make connection my priority above all else. Because that's actually what feeds my aliveness. And I just feel better. Like I just, I'm, I'm happier throughout the day. I'm more joyful. I was like, oh, I can, you mean I can eliminate all this crappy feeling that I've been having so long, for so long, every time I created separation with judgment? I can just, oh, you mean I can just stop that? I can just cut that shit out? Holy cow, yes, please, I'll choose that. And so that's what I did. I just made the choice to stop making other people wrong for whatever they were choosing. Now, here's the tricky bit. 
a lot of people, here's where the yeah buts come. They're like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, but they're choosing all kinds of things I don't like. And I'm like, yeah. uh-huh, that may happen. You are correct. When you start <laughs> having an allowance, when you start having allowance because you're like, I don't want to make other people wrong because it creates separation and then I feel crappy. When I started choosing allowance for what other people were choosing, if you are in conclusion that you now have to live at the effect of your choices, which completely dismisses the fact that, oh, yeah, you have choice too, then that will be like, that's where the yeah buts come. They're like, yeah, but they're making all, they're going to do all these things I don't like. And then I have to live at the effect of that. No, you don't. You always have choice too. So if somebody starts choosing things that are not, you know, don't work for you in whatever way, you still have choice. You don't have to just sit there and take it. Like, this is not about, you know, being somebody's punching bag. Like, how, 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 how long do you want to take the, the punches for? If somebody is choosing something that isn't the experience you desire to have, you get to choose something else. So it is totally yeah. possible to be an allowance of what other people are choosing and still choose for yourself and create what works for you. Now, if you have attachment stuck in there, this is going to feel difficult because the yabbits are going to be all about maintaining the attachment rather than creating. And if you're acknowledging your creative capacity, you're just like, oh, I'll just keep choosing until I create what's most joyful for me rather than subject myself to the uh, attachment and then have to live at the effect of everything, everything the other person's choosing that doesn't work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, allowance is not conformity. They're different. <laughs> when you go to the space of, I'm going to be an allowance of everybody, and that means it's going to be easier because I'm not going to be judging, but you think somehow everybody else is going to choose what you're choosing or agree with what you're choosing or go along because your judgment is what was making them unagreeable, whatever that is. That's not what we're saying. We are saying if you're in true allowance, okay, what others do are just simple um, elements of contribution to whatever it is you're choosing. That's it. Like, you're not watching to see what they're doing so you know what to do. It's not about, oh, I'm in allowance of you doing, okay, now I don't care, and now I'm, you know, now I'm detached and cold and cut off from you. It's not that. You know, we're not talking about um, really disconnecting from caring or being in communion with people. We're talking about the breaking up of needing to be right, the breaking up of, judgment the breaking up of the attachment to the role and the power the role gives you especially when we're talking about the villain and the victim and the hero because if and it's all huge i mean there's so much that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks but in this moment what why you personally within yourself why do you have a persona hanging out available to slip right into of the villain? What do you get from it? What does it give you? Hmm. What do you get to be and do and have? 
if that's available to you. Because what that will reveal is what you're believing is not possible unless you make others wrong, unless you have power over people. That's what the villain does. So all that's going to do, yeah, is by breaking this up, okay, break up with that that entity, whatever you call it, want to be, there that runs the villain energy of other people are wrong and all of that. You've got to have power over other people for whatever reason. Just when you let that go, you are revealing to yourself where you don't own that personal potency within your being. And that's that outsource of inner authority. That's where it's outsourced. You could have outsourced it to your bully that is within you that you inflict on other people. But are you willing to not have to make other people wrong in order for you to be you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. Again, unpacking this, really looking at all these nuances, because in the same way that you and I are both saying, uh, I gain nothing by making you wrong, because that's, that's the experience I discovered. That was a very personal revelation. I was like, oh, my God. I actually, it's like punishing myself every time I make somebody wrong because that separation that's created makes me feel isolated and I didn't like that. I didn't like feeling the separation and it was like punishing myself. Every time I make somebody wrong, I'm punishing me. Then I make somebody else wrong, I'm punishing me. And I was like, oh my God, fuck that. I'm not going to do it anymore. It was like, so, so I realized there was nothing to be gained by making others wrong. And people who are listening to that and going, huh, what? What the question becomes that you just said, and it bears repeating, what have you decided you do gain by making others wrong? Mm-hmm. What is, do you feel more powerful? Do you feel more superior? Do you feel a sense of rightness and righteousness? I don't know. I'm just like, you know, asking these questions, right? What have you decided yeah. you do gain by making others wrong? Mm-hmm. What are you believing? This is such a great question. What are you believing is not possible without making others wrong? Now, I'll tell you my own personal experience, and I've shared this before. um, 18 years ago, somebody asked me, what's your greatest fear? And I said that I'll never have what I really want. Mm. Now, at the time that I said that, I didn't know what was underlying that, and I know now. What mm-hmm. I what I what what I could have said if I turned the rock over and looked underneath was, I feel so powerless and helpless to create anything. Mm-hmm. So when I said I, I I'm I'm afraid I'm never going to have what I really want. What do you believe is not possible without making something or others wrong? So if I'm feeling mm-hmm. powerless and helpless, if I have not owned my own creative capacity choice, by the way, superpower, choice, creative capacity, just a quick reminder. If I've not owned that, if I'm not claimed that fully, and I, and I, this is true, I felt like I was the effect of the world, everything around me, my own thoughts, feelings, and emotions, other people, circumstances, situations, I just felt the effect of everything, then that was where my control mechanisms kicked in. It was my strategy for survival. Control the fuck out of everything to get the conclusive, the con- to get to the result I thought was going to make me feel okay. So, so this is, this is the crux of it, right? Like 
I had to make things wrong, people wrong, situations wrong, circumstances wrong to get to the, to the right. And in, in the right was where I felt safe, okay, powerful, even though it was a false sense of power. Um, I was like, well, if I can just control this to the, to the outcome that I want, then I'll be okay. That's a complete outsourcing of your inner authority. Completely. So, so how I'm operating now is a, is a 180 degree difference. So I'm really familiar when I talk about this slippery slope of going from villain to victim, to villain, to victim, to villain, to victim. Oh my God. Story of my life. (laughs) I tell you what (laughs) story of my life because of the powerlessness I felt I just followed in my father's footsteps. Oh, just dominate and control everything around you. I was like, oh, that's how you do it. So, so the more powerless I felt, the more dominating I became, the more controlling I became. I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Things are getting out of control. I better get things back in control. I got to go out, you know, go run around putting out fires of everywhere I felt like things were getting out of control because I might not get what I want. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty sucky way to live, and right. thus the choice to change it. <laughs> right, absolutely. So, wow, I am okay. So, the, a little message came in, and I was just considering how would I answer this because there's, it, like you and I talked about before the show. Sometimes when we go into something that is inconceivable, it lands like a you know a rock. <laughs> Funk. Yeah, it just huh? bounces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so as you were talking, I was like, what, what is this? How can we explain this? So here is a little metaphor. Let me unfold this metaphor for you. Here's what I want you to consider. Oxygen. Oxygen. Required for you to remain vital, right? Like it is necessary. Now imagine giving your access to, your ease with, breathing, to somebody who wears a really cool purple shirt. And you're going to go find whoever has a really cool purple shirt and give them your access and your ease with oxygen. That is outsourcing your power. Now, Take that oxygen and give it to somebody who reads um, from a religious text. Outsourcing what you require right there. Without questioning. Right. Okay, just consider all that for a little bit. Okay, see how that lands. Now imagine what, who do you need to be to be at the effect of what this outsourced person that now has all the control and power over your oxygen, who do you need to be to be at the effect of what they choose? And just imagine if they go on vacation or they get distracted or they forget to give you your, you know, allotted amount. How pissed are you going to be? And what kind of a villain are you going to make them out to be? That's seems crazy when we're talking about oxygen. However, this is exactly what we do. This is what we do with our aliveness. This is what we do with our peace and and grace and kindness. We take it and we give it to somebody and say, I love you. This is now yours. 
and I want you to keep me happy with it. That's what we do. That's how we end up here on this, you know, in this game of, like, gave you all the power, and you're not doing it right. Now you're the villain. I'm at the effect of you. Woe is me. It seems crazy yeah. when we talk about it with oxygen, but when you think about everywhere that you've given, you know, your self-worth, your belief about, you know, God or the universe, whatever it is, everywhere you have given, your emotional well-being, your mental clarity to something or somebody outside of you, you're playing this game. Yeah. And I, and I brought this up last week. Uh, this whole drama triangle is about not being willing to take responsibility for your own experience. Someone, it's someone uh-huh. else's job. And what I just wrote in the chat room was um, making things wrong, making others wrong was the only pathway I thought was available to me to finally get to what was right. And what was right was everything I thought of. So it was a hundred percent, a hundred outsourcing my well-being, a hundred percent outsourcing of my well-being. So what was right was everything I thought I needed to feel safe and happy, and I was gonna and and the way that I thought that was gonna happen was control everything, and and I had to make it wrong in order to get to the right. I lived on that polarity. And I'm not the only one. I know there are people out there who function in the exact same way. If I can just mm-hmm. eliminate all the wrong, I'll finally get to what's right. And what right, what's right for you is whatever. For me, it's what I thought I needed to feel safe and happy. It might be something different for you. But if you're using wrong as the leverage, just make this wrong and you wrong and that wrong and this experience wrong and that situation wrong and that's a wrong and that's wrong and that's wrong and that's wrong, you're using wrong to get to right. Mm-hmm. That is making everything and everyone else responsible for your experience rather than claiming your creative capacity through choice. And it will keep you on the drama triangle. It will keep you forever tethered to that. I'm the victim. I'm the villain. 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 Yeah. So, I'm going to repeat it again. <laughs> breaking up with the villain, breaking up with the victim we talked about yesterday has everything to do with stopping making things wrong as the vehicle to get what you've decided is right. And we're going to talk about breaking up with right no, yeah, breaking up with right and wrong later this week. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Right. So, and here's something that's really interesting um, that I really want to be sure that we get to um, is, well, I want to say one thing and then I'm going to get to that. First of all, if you are looking, if you're focused on, I'm going to break up with everything that is wrong. I'm going to keep negativity out of my life. I'm only going to do the positive. And, but your focus on, is on judging everything negative so you know what you can kick out of your life. I'm only going to choose what's good by focusing on keeping all the bad out of my life. Your focus <laughs> is what you're creating your days with. Just, just a little heads up. If you think you're creating good, 
by giving bad a shit ton of attention, you're doing the opposite of what you're actually thinking. And a lot of people yeah. think that. I'm not going to be the villain, therefore, I'm the hero. Isn't that better? Isn't it better to be a hero than a villain? Depends on what role you're on, you know, and where you are, what you're playing in the game as to the interpretation of that. So this is all bullshit. Like, this, this is all an illusion. Anytime that you think you're for sure nice enough that nobody on the planet's going to think you're a superior bitch, you're fooling yourself. Like, it's not possible. It is not possible to please everyone. But we spend so much of our lives spinning our wheels thinking that is possible. And it's not. This is, this is the hilarious irony. The mm-hmm. hilarious irony. In deciding to only focus on the good and the positive, you actually have to use judgment to decide what's good and positive. Right. You have to separate. The hilarious <laughs> irony. You're like, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to eliminate back and ne- negative things from my life. I'm just going to eliminate all the negative and only live in the positive. You have to use judgment to determine what in your world you've decided is negative and positive. So mm-hmm. you're actually emphasizing <laughs> rather than choose inclusiveness. This is, I mean, this is hilarious. When I point this out to people, they just give me the big, the big doe eyes like, wait, what? You're actually <laughs> emphasizing the very thing that you think you're trying to get away from, which is judgment. Oh, all that negative. I just want to, I just don't, I just want that out of my life. <laughs> you're emphasizing the judgment, which has to decide what's positive and negative, rather than choosing inclusion. Mm-hmm. Inclusion. Everything is part of our experience here. Inclusion. Mm-hmm. That's what, where the real shift can happen. Deciding to only yeah. focus on the positive just keeps you in more judgment of having to decide what's positive, what's negative, and then only living on the positive side. Like you're just, it's just the same game. You're just kind of, trick, it's like a self-trickery. Inclusion. Yeah. Yep. There's the game changer. Right. Yeah. So, okay, so here's the thing I want to address. I want to address how much I have experienced and witnessed and heard from people who are terrified of the thought that we would even talk about, let alone do, breaking up with the villain. Because what they reveal is that they don't want to upset the bear. They, why would you break up with the villain? They're so mean. They're always the bullies. I can't break up. That co- I'm trying to avoid causing more problems. Let me, let me just say that if you are trying to avoid upset, you're the one playing the game. Yep. If somebody is choosing to make everybody wrong, they, you're already wrong in their eyes. Breaking up with the villain is literally not buying into the fact that they're the villain anymore. It's not about making them more wrong. It's about no longer concluding that they are the villain, Mm -hmm. that they have power over you. 
that you were the effect of them. That's how you break up with that. You don't make them wrong and run like hell. You just stop believing that you are powerless in exchange with them, in anything with that. It is not about yep. making the villain wrong. <laughs> Sorry. It just makes me laugh so hard. Okay, we're going to break up with the villain, you guys. They are so wrong. We, <laughs> how we're going to do it. We're going to make the villain super, super wrong, and we're going to break up with them because they're so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that makes us the villain. <laughs> That's the irony. That's not what we're saying. We are saying let go of the judgment and the conclusion about their needing to be a villain. Let go. Mm-hmm. Step into the power of choice. And what would you like to choose? What do you want to create today? And what choices are going to contribute to that creation? And then live your life. Yep. Just like yesterday (laughs) we said, without judgment there. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, just without judgment there can be no victim. Same thing today. Without judgment there can be no villain. As we've been saying, this is about stopping making anything or anyone wrong. As soon as you make something wrong, you've stepped into the you, – it's, it's that slippery slope between victim and villain. Because I'll make something wrong and, and, and uh, go into victim and live at the effect of it, or I'll make something wrong and go into villain and live at the effect of it. But either way, you're living at the effect of it, whether you play villain or victim. So the judgment piece is critical here. You want to break up with any of this, just stop the judgment. Break up with judgment. <laughs> 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 and 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 I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend that that was easy. I'm not gonna pretend that that was easy. That was a choice that I made. That you know you can make the choice one day. You can sit like right now. You can say okay today I'm making the commitment to break up with judgment. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I applaud mm-hmm. you for for being that courageous because it is a courageous choice. Oh. However, you can think that you broke up with judgment in your mind, and not live it. So the choice is followed up with action. The choice is followed up with action. So that means that I take the action every day, just like I gave in my example where I was like, oh, my God, I started to realize that I was inflicting my own punishment on myself by judging and and then experiencing the separation that I didn't like. So through that awareness, I, I was like, okay, well, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, I couldn't just think in my head one day, I don't want to do this anymore. I had to live it. I had to live it out. Yeah. I had to live it out day by day by day. And every time I, I fa- caught myself making someone wrong, I had to be like, oh, yeah, I'm not choosing that anymore and make a different choice. And then if I started making yep. someone wrong, oh, yeah, I'm not choosing that anymore and make a different choice. Oh, yeah, I'm not choosing that anymore and make a different choice. So there's practice that goes along with the, the initial desire, that initial desire of like, okay, I'm ready. We talked about this yesterday. Okay, I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm going to break up with judgment. I'm going to break up where I'm playing with the villain. I'm going to break up with where I'm playing the victim. Then you follow through with action, the practice of living it day after day after day after day after day. In the beginning, it wasn't, didn't feel easy because I had p- habitual patterns of, of uh, operating that I had to change. I had to change. No one else was going to come along and do it for me. I had to change. Mm-hmm. 
So it's a pattern interrupt, right? It's kind of like going to, I live in the United States, so I drive on uh, one side of the road. If I go to uh, Australia or Ireland where they drive on the opposite side of the road, that feels really hard at first because I'm like, okay, I got to orient myself. I'm in, I'm sitting in the different side of the car. I'm driving on the different side of the road. I'm, I have to look different directions over my shoulder for traffic and things like that. You have to, mm-hmm. something that is like pretty much automatic driving my car here in this country is pretty much automatic. Like I don't have to think about it. Right. That's what your default pattern habitual behavior is. You don't have to think about it. It's just default habitual ways of functioning. You don't have to think about it. When you make the decision to change this, you have to start being deliberate again. And people are like, oh, but it's so hard. It's only hard as long as you think it's so. Right. Things in the beginning, remember, remember when we were kids and everything was a first. Everything was a novel experience. You had to learn how to tie your shoe, you know? Like, did you sit there and be like, it's mm-hmm. too hard to learn how to tie my shoe. <laughs> It's too hard to learn how to walk. I don't want to do it. You know? Like, if you want to change your life, it takes some deliberate. You got to get in there and be deliberate. And if you sit there and tell yourself it's so hard, you're defeating yourself before you've even begun. Right. It's going to require some deliberate action. Absolutely. And I think that that's what's so interesting is how many people – say they're stuck in their life because they are in avoiding discomfort and awkwardness and feeling, you know, less than proficient at something. Limit their growth. Limit learning something new. Go to one guitar lesson and decide they didn't master it in a week, so they are not a natural-born guitar player. I'm going to quit lessons. Like, How often does that happen? Well, same applies. If it feels awkward for you to change your pattern of behavior and how you interact and you stop because it feels awkward, that's allowing your judgment to stop you from creating what you desire. That will reveal just how much judgment is blocking your aliveness. Yes. Because life longs for more, more experience, more expression, more adventure, more experimentation. Come and do more, more, more. Life longs for more. So when you engage with more, when you engage with new, if you are unwilling to experience all of the discomfort of a new experience, You will go back to the automatic system, the default system of familiarity. And if that's what you choose, if you're like, I thought I was going to change my life, and you know what, not so much, then do yourself a favor and just choose it. Don't blame. Don't conclude. You don't have to justify. Just choose it. Like, yep, thought I was going to lose 100 pounds. Fuck that shit. I mean, Cheetos and Oreos, man. I decided that's too hard. And rock your whatever body you got. But, mm-hmm. you know, so many times people go and say, okay, no, I'm going to do this. 
This was the pieces in the Year of Yes book that Shonda Rhimes wrote that I love so much, which she said, I had to decide. I had to decide. Was I going to bitch and moan about my weight? These are not her words. These are mine. <laughs> I'm bad living. Was I going to bitch and moan about my weight? Or was I going to do something about it? Because if I was going to do something about it, it was up to me. I was going to decide decide to not do something about it. That meant no more bitching and moaning. That meant buy the airplane seatbelt extender. That meant no more, you know, fat shaming myself. That meant no more. That meant own it and rock it. And that is really empowering, which is Mm -hmm. why if we can break up with these, you know, personas and victim and villain and hero – and just recognize that our power is in choice. Am I going to choose or am I going to make a choice and change, create change? Because I'm going to create the change. I'm not going to sit at the effect of change coming and, you know, sneaking in my window at night and bazinga, now I'm new. No, I'm going to create it. Am I willing to do the work? Am I willing to take the action? That's the invitation. That's what creates your, your life. Are you going to choose your aliveness? and engage with everything that leads you to it? Or are you going to choose to play out the drama game and no more complaining or being at the effect of it, just freaking choose it? You get to decide, and guess what? Whatever you choose, that's awesome. It's your life. Mm -hmm. Create it the way you want. Yeah. We took a certain path. (laughs) You don't have to. (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to, but you can. Just invitation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I love that and I know we just have a couple minutes here but just to emphasize once again um, that's how you live at the effect of your own thoughts if you sit here and think in the, all day I should lose weight, I should stop eating this I should, I should, I should, I should, I should, I should as, as if that's mm-hmm. going to be some sort of motivation then you get to live at that and that's what I used to do I used to live at the effect of my own thoughts different ways but like you're saying mm-hmm. if you decide I'm not going to I'm not going to required to make the change then fucking enjoy the shit out of where you're at rather than playing your own thing yep rock rock however you want to live rock it like enjoy it really live it up have a party it's not mm-hmm. fun to live at the effect of your own thinking yeah. and thinking is judgment by the way <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely Wow. Okay. So that's it for today. We got to go, but we've got breaking up as and with the hero tomorrow and then wrong and right are Thursday and Friday. So we hope you'll come back, join us for more seducing aliveness here on blog talk radio. And I am Jen Hoffman. That's Tamara Yonker. We're so glad you joined us here, especially those of you in the chat room and listening to the archives. Thanks for being here. We will talk to you tomorrow. You guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.